Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nihongo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra and in today's episode, we'll be looking at the unique practice of gift giving in Japan. Who doesn't like getting gifts? If I could get presents besides my birthday, I most definitely wouldn't be opposed to the idea. For the Japanese, it's more than just casually giving someone a souvenir from a recent trip or a present for an occasion. It's an act of appreciation, a show of respect and a presentation of gratitude. This art of gift-giving dates back to the Edo period, a healthy practice that lives on to this day in respect to the original intentions of the various types of gifts. So what are the various types of gifts? We'll look into that in just a bit, along with a brief history of the practice as well as gift-giving etiquette to prepare you for when you do find yourself in the situation of having to give a gift in Japan. Got your vocabs book ready as well? So without further ado, let's get right into it! I can only count on one hand the occasions in a year which I receive gifts. Birthdays, Christmas, and a once-in-a-lifetime event, hopefully, wedding. Besides the standard suspects, which are also included in the whole practice of it all, Japan's gift-giving culture has other occasions where you give gifts. And depending on the occasion, you might need to get a different type of gift. East Asia has a long and important tradition of gift-giving. Japan is one of them. The Japanese do not take gift-giving lightly like many other traditions in the culture. It's a serious act that strengthens relationships and maintains ties with one another, whether it's a personal friend or a business partner. It can also be a way to show fondness for the other. One thing to note is that, if you're giving any type of gift in more than one quantity of a certain product, take note of how many. There's a superstition that giving in pairs or some even numbers bring about good luck. Giving in a set of fours or nine is seen as unlucky. Four is she in Japanese, and the kanji for death is pronounced the same way. So let's avoid any unnecessary cultural missteps, yeah? Anyway, the first type of gift is the one we'd hear about and see often when in Japan. Omiyage is a type of gift that one brings back from a trip, and most of the time, it's edible products like local snacks, wagashi, translates to Japanese sweets, or sake, alcohol. While having edibles as omiyage is more common, some do instead bring back a local handicraft that's significant to the place they visited. If you're wondering if there's a difference between omiyage and souvenir, generally, a souvenir can refer to a takeaway from a country, whether it's for others or for yourself. An omiyage is something you solely buy for others. Omiyage isn't a recent practice. This act of gift-giving purchases from trips dates back to the Edo period of the 17th to the 19th century. Back then, travelling wasn't as accessible as now. A shinkansen, which is Japan's bullet train system, from Tokyo to Kyoto is roughly 200 US dollars. But back in the day, this distance of travel is equivalent to today's 3,000 US dollars. So it's safe to say that travel wasn't often done, and not by everyone. Back in the day, this travel was usually a pilgrimage rather than a holiday. For those who were lucky enough to go on this adventure, they brought back a takeaway from their destination for those who had chipped in for the travel cost of sending them off on their merry way. Edibles weren't the first viable option for omiyage in those days. I mean, fruit preservation wasn't all too common. People were also travelling by foot, and baggage was kept at a minimum. By the time the traveller returned home, all their wagashi would have turned bad. So instead, omiyage came in forms of charms and rice wine cups as they were believed to bring blessings. Nowadays, omiyage comes in bright boxes with individually wrapped snacks in them, perfect for sharing among people at work, school and home. Travelling to a certain area and bringing back a prized delicacy from there, known as meibutsu, is kind of like sharing the experience with them. Say you went to Okinawa, 
your Japanese friends back in Tokyo will expect goya or sweet potato-related omiyage. It's more frequent now than ever, but husbands who travel on business will often bring back omiyage for his beloved wife. You might think that that's sweet, but the reason behind it is not at all. Wives would demand omiyage from their husbands as proof that they weren't messing around with a potential lover during the two or three days that they're gone. Sounds intense, but with the cheating culture rising more and more, who could blame them for being slightly paranoid? The next type of gift is the temiyage. This one's not a gift you give when you went travelling, but rather a gift with a purpose. The kanji for temiyage and omiyage are pretty similar. The only difference is that temiyage has the kanji for hand in it. I suppose it's because it's a gift that you hand it to the person directly. Temiyage is common to give when you give blah, blah, blah. Temiyage is common to give when you're visiting someone or a family. If you're visiting someone's home, it's a sign of thanks. Generally, this type of gift conveys your thankfulness for something the person has done for you or will do for you. If it's latter, you can even add this commonly used phrase when giving it. Osewa ni narimas. It loosely translates to Thank you and I feel obligated to you for burdening you. You can use this phrase as well as giving a temiyage to a new boss, a new landlord, movers, or your homestay host if you're travelling. It's pretty similar to the Western culture of house gift, where you bring the host of the house a gift when you're invited over. The third and final type of gift is the okaishi gift. This word translates to return something. Even just from the context itself, you can guess what kind of gift it is. Yep, it's a gift you give in return as a way of saying thanks. Okaishi gifts can go back and forth for forever, actually, unless one puts a stop to it. The rule to an okaishi gift is that it has to be about half the value of the original present. So if you got a gift that's genuinely valued at $100, the okaishi gift you give back should be about $50. If you're stuck on what to get, alcohol is the safest bet. While you can give okaishi gifts at any time of the year, there are two specific seasons every year specially for gift giving. Ochugen and Osebo. Ochugen is set mid-year in summer, starting from the 1st of July to the 15th. Osebo is set at the end of the year. During these two seasons, Japanese people make their rounds of giving gifts to family, friends, and people who they want to show their appreciation to. We're still pretty early in the year, so you have plenty of time to get your okaishi and temiyage ready. Don't store the omiyage till mid-year though. That one you can give any time after your trip. Hopefully you get a couple of trips in this year. Here's a quick vocab recap. Omiyage, a takeaway, usually edible, from a trip. Wagashi, Japanese sweets. Sake, alcohol. Shinkansen, bullet train. Meibutsu, specialty from a certain area. Temiyage, a type of gift to show thanks. Okaishi. A gift to return a gift. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? At Nihongo Master, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you waste. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system, collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go 
and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? So now that we cover the types of gifts you can give, we're going to look at the proper way to go about the art of gift giving in Japan. Just like other parts of the Japanese culture, gift giving requires proper etiquette. It's serious business here in the land of the rising sun. Let's look at the do's and don'ts. First off, whenever you're giving, as well as receiving gifts, always use both hands as a sign of respect. This is similar to giving and receiving name cards, or meishi in Japanese. Secondly, when you are given a gift, reject it twice before finally accepting it. Don't ask me why, it's just customary. Similarly, if you're giving one, prepare to be rejected twice and don't take it personally. Oh, when you do get a gift, do not open it in public. The next etiquette is, when you're giving one, try to give it when there's no one else around, just out of courtesy. In a business setting, or any setting, gifts are given after rather than before the encounter. If you give it before, you're kind of implying that you're rushing the other party. If you're wondering if the presentation of the gift matters, yeah, it does, but to a certain extent. Ribbons, bows, and wrapping paper are often used, but you can also use a furoshiki, which is a traditional wrapping cloth. Maybe it goes without saying, but keep in mind of the colours you pick when you wrap the gift. The safest bets are pastels. Black, bright and flashy iro colours can be interpreted in negative ways, especially red, as it's associated with funerals and sexuality. Yikes, not really a ground I want to be walking on. Here's a quick vocab recap. Meishi. Name card. Furoshiki. Wrapping cloth. Iro. Colour. It's quite praiseworthy how serious the Japanese take gift-giving and how much thought is put into this practice. Now that you know the various types of gifts and the ways to go about it, will you take up this practice? Head over to the Nihongo Master blog if you're interested in reading out on topics like these some more. And if you're interested on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the official website to learn more. Thank you so much for listening in. Join me in the next one where I'll be walking you down another avenue of Japan's rich culture. Mata ne!